Hi, everyone. This is Jill Flaxington, and welcome to the Road to Health podcast. As many of us know by now, the COVID-19 vaccine is out there, and it's generally available to people over the age of 12. But there are people who are still hesitant about getting vaccinated, even after news has come out about this powerfully contagious Delta variant. Part of this hesitation could stem from the fact that there's just a lot of false information out there, and it's tough to sift through to find the truth. So we're going straight to the source today. Back for yet another round of COVID-19 Ask a Doc is the one and only Dr. Matt Collins. He's our Executive Vice President and Chief Medical Officer here at Blue Cross. Dr. Collins received his medical degree from Howard University, and he's a family physician by training. In addition to his role at Blue Cross, he also works providing primary care at a center in Pawtucket. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. It's great to be with you. So Matt, can you start us off with just a brief baseline explanation of why the COVID-19 vaccine is our very best line of defense against the virus? I absolutely can. And I know that this is a lot of information that people are digesting, reading from different sources, getting from hither and yon. And so it's hard. It's really hard to kind of understand why is it that the vaccine is our best defense or our best hope in pushing back against the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. You know, it's it really adds, goes back to how do our bodies fight off this virus? This virus is really clever. Coronaviruses have been around for a while, and they're the one of the many things that cause the common cold. This one has really gotten to a point where it's really good at jumping from human to human. And what happens when it gets into a human? Well, and the human eventually starts to recognize it, it starts to produce all kinds of antibodies and other kind of uh, mediating factors to try to kill it, basically, and stop it from replicating. So what a vaccine does is it gives the body a little bit of that foreign substance, whether it's a virus or it's a bacteria, so that it primes the pump. It gets the body ready to fight that thing as soon as it comes in. Because you can see that when the body hasn't encountered the virus ever before, and especially if the human body has conditions that make it more susceptible to a severe infection, that infection takes hold and starts to really wreak havoc and unfortunately cause death in some people before the immune system starts to kick in, before it starts to produce antibodies. So if you can prime the pump, like I said, with a vaccine, you can get that body to respond instantly as soon as that virus hits the body and hopefully then push it back so it never becomes a problem. Let's talk about potential side effects. What kind of symptoms might I expect to get when I get the shot? Well, when you get the shot, you're getting a little bit of what your body is going to form a, a reaction to. And that's a good thing. But you know that when you get sick, you have symptoms, right? And that's your body fighting back that organism, a flu or polio or chickenpox or whatever. You have symptoms. But the symptoms are part of the way that your body is reacting to that foreign substance. So when you get a vaccine, your body mounts a reaction. And that's a good thing because it's forming an immunity against that thing. Not 100% immunity, but a resistance, let's call it. So you might have some symptoms. So the symptoms might feel just a little bit like you got that illness. And some people have more symptoms than others, but some people are getting the aches and chills and even a mild fever. Then those things are just a good signal in a way that your body is mounting a, a healthy immune response. And fortunately, those are short-lived. Some people are concerned about severe allergic reactions or so-called anaphylaxis. Those things are fortunately very rare. And that's one reason why when people get the vaccine, they're carefully observed 
And in the area where the vaccine is administered, there are treatments available, such as epinephrine, to reverse the effects of a severe allergic reaction. What about false positives? If I get a COVID-19 shot, am I going to then test positive on a COVID test? That's a really important question because a lot of people are kind of confused. Can I test positive for COVID if I was given the vaccine? Most of the testing for COVID is either an antigen test or a test for the actual RNA of the virus or so-called PCR test. So PCR stands for polymerase chain reaction, and it's a method to detect DNA or RNA, which is the genetic code of an organism. You and I have DNA. We even produce RNA. So when you do a test for COVID, you're doing either a PCR or antigen test. In order for either one of those to be positive, there has to be the presence of the virus. So in the case of the PCR, it's actually detecting some pieces of the virus's mRNA. And in the case of the antigen, it's detecting some of the proteins that are made that make up the virus. So you will never actually test positive for uh, COVID simply because you've had the the, uh, the vaccine. Now, the vaccine produces antibodies. So if you did an antibody test, might you test positive? That I'm actually not certain about. So, But the routine COVID test, you would not test positive. Antibody testing is sometimes used to determine if the person mounted an immune response to the vaccine. But those are done in more kind of experimental situations or situations in which someone is so immune compromised that you really want to know if that vaccine worked in that individual. This is a question that we hear a lot, and I think I may have asked this very same question on or a very similar question in a previous episode. The COVID-19 vaccine is an mRNA shot, and people have concerns about what mRNA is and that it will somehow alter their DNA. So will a COVID-19 vaccine alter or impact your DNA at all? A lot of people, when they hear the word mRNA, they think about their own genetics and they worry, is this thing going to become part of me? And the answer is really simply an absolutely no. It takes some understanding of what mRNA is anyway, and what's its role in transcribing what's in your genetic code in your DNA into what your body is made of, you know, your hair, your eyes, your heart, and all everything about you, because everything about you is coded for in your DNA. So how does it become your hair, your eyes, your heart, your kidney, your whatever tissue. It's through mRNA. So mRNA, which stands for messenger RNA, is translating your body's own DNA into something that the body can then use to build proteins. So the mRNA is basically a blueprint for the proteins that make up your eyes, your heart, your kidney, all the tissues in your body. When I give you mRNA vaccine, all I'm simply giving you is some pieces of code that then are transcribed into the protein that makes up pieces of the virus. And then your body's going to say, well, that's foreign. That protein that just was produced out of that my cells is foreign. I'm going to attack it. I'm going to attack it with all of my immune functions. It never then becomes part of your permanent DNA. It can't because it's just not the sequence of the way RNA goes. In fact, RNA is really unstable. It dissipates very quickly under minimal altered conditions. And that's one of the reasons why it has to be stored at such low temperatures. It's so that it 
it's stable enough so that it actually works when it's injected into the human body. I actually used to hear this question a lot in regard to the flu shot, but now some people are asking, is there any way to catch COVID from the COVID vaccine? So do any of the COVID-19 vaccines authorized for use in the United States shed any of their components? That's a really interesting question. And although I haven't heard it come up a lot, I think people need to know all they can possibly know about the virus and its safety. The way the vaccines work, the ones that we have available to us now, there's actually no way to transmit the virus or any part of the virus or even the proteins that your body is making in response to the vaccines to other people. It's only you. It's only good for you. Now, the only benefit for the people who live around you is if, especially if they're unvaccinated or if they're undervaccinated. So let's say some people who have immunosuppressing conditions, either because they have a transplant and they're on medication to prevent a rejection of that transplanted organ or not, or they're on some other immunosuppressant. Those people are protected because you're not a potential one to propagate it. Now, we all still have to use the proper methods of control. And now with the Delta virus, we have to be really vigilant in masking around those vulnerable people. In addition to all the other good things we're doing, distancing and hand washing, et cetera, because that darn Delta variant is so good at replicating before our bodies mount a really robust immune response that it could actually spread to the less immunized or the unimmunized. You should continue to wear a mask around vulnerable people, especially if you're in tight quarters, you can't maintain the physical distancing. And now the recommendation is to wear those in indoor settings. I think it's really appropriate to make sure that there's not another path for that virus to jump from person to person you may be fully vaccinated, and that vaccine may have worked beautifully. But with this Delta variant, what we're seeing is that it's able to get a foothold and start to replicate inside a vaccinated person. And even though that person doesn't become symptomatic, it can actually then get to the point where it can be spread to other people. So wearing masks right now is strongly recommended, especially when you can't keep distance and when you're indoors. I think this is another question that I may have already asked you in a previous episode, but it continues to be a big concern. So pregnant women, I get it. I'm a mom of two small children and I was hyper vigilant about the things that I put in my body when I was pregnant. Is it safe for women to get a COVID-19 vaccine if they're pregnant or they plan to become pregnant down the line? It is safe for pregnant women and women who are trying to conceive to get the COVID vaccine. In fact, it's recommended. Early on, there weren't studies particularly with pregnant women, but it turns out that some of the women in some of the early vaccine studies did become pregnant. There was absolutely no impact on their pregnancy. We do know that there were some really sick pregnant women during the COVID pandemic, which is still raging right now, unfortunately. So that has basically led to the strong recommendation that pregnant women in particular who haven't been vaccinated receive the COVID vaccine. So if I'm vaccinated, can I still spread COVID to others? If you're vaccinated, the only way for you to spread vaccine, uh, virus right now is if you were infected with the Delta variant. That one seems to be pretty good at getting a quick foothold inside even a vaccinated person and start to replicate or reproduce, which then means it can spread to other people. Now, the vaccine is extremely effective, even before the Delta variant. Let's say not even discussing that. It's 95 or better percent effective. And that's against, you know, hospitalization for sure, and even disease. But that doesn't mean that some people, there's still a 5% of people who could get 
you know, what they would call maybe a breakthrough infection. You know, no vaccine is 100% effective, none. You know, and some, we give series of vaccines in order to build up the immunity that you need. Like for instance, hepatitis B, it takes three shots. And even then, sometimes with some vaccinations, there's a waning or a de decrease in immunity over time. So it's a misconception that once you're vaccinated, you can never get that illness. Once a lot of people are vaccinated though, that means there's little path for any pathogen or infectious organism to move around, which is why we've talked about getting to a point where there's an, an adequate number of humans in our population who are immune to this virus. So that's the most important thing. People get vaccinated. We can stop things like the Delta variant from emerging. We can stop asymptomatic spreading. We can just all go back to more of a life that we used to lead. Matt, you actually remind me of something that I had heard recently in a COVID-19 discussion that you had shared with me from Dr. Ashish Jha at the Brown School of Public Health. And he talked about how the COVID outbreak on Provincetown on the Cape this summer was terrible from a public information standpoint, and that all people were talking about was that vaccinated people had caught COVID. So why even bother getting vaccinated? Can you talk some more about that? A lot of people are wondering about that outbreak in Provincetown. A lot of people got infected uh, with COVID there, and most of those were vaccinated. A lot of people think that means that the vaccine doesn't work. It actually is much more confirming that vaccination does work and that we need more people vaccinated to stop uh, the spread of COVID. You see, those people having been vaccinated really reduced the amount of sickness that that infection created. There was only a few who actually needed to go into the hospital. And that's a lot like what we're seeing now is that 96% of hospitalized people are people who aren't vaccinated. That's right now. So a very small minority of people who were vaccinated are getting sick enough to need to go into the hospital. So, and, and why did that uh, outbreak occur? Well, it's a reminder too of that there's still virus circulating out there and it circulates more when there's unvaccinated people around. So people who are susceptible to the infection um, can spread more virus. And because that there's really no immunity in those people's bodies when they get infected. So that virus just takes hold and starts to multiply. And then it spreads through, you know, coughing and sneezing and, you know, people uh, wiping their hand on a doorknob and then somebody, you know, touching that doorknob and then touching their face. So it's really important to understand from a public health standpoint, the vaccines are really safe. They're really effective. They help to cut down not only on the spread, but also they cut down on the amount of illness that somebody might experience, even if they're vaccinated. Um, so I, I hope that answers the question. I think it's really important to discuss that because people really need to take uh, this vaccination very seriously. It's it's good for all of us to be vaccinated. It's really important to get us back to um, a life of uh, feeling comfortable out there in the public and in the workplace. Let's talk about everyone's favorite topic, masks. If I'm vaccinated, do I need to wear a mask? 
Well, I'm carefully listening to what the experts say about masking indoors and in other environments. And it's interesting that um, their recommendations have changed as we've gotten more information. You were, you know, more than a month, a year and a half into this pandemic, and we're still learning from this virus. My recommendation, listening to the experts and trying to do my part from a public health standpoint is to wear your mask indoors. It's a courtesy. It's an extra layer of protection. And in the Delta variant, it's absolutely necessary. I don't think it's that hard. I mean, I know it's coming from a doctor who's used to wearing a mask at work, but I think we can all do it. We've gotten used to it. We just need to go back to it, be strict about it, and and look out for your you know fellow human being. Wear the mask. Before we go, let's talk specifically about the Delta variant for a moment, because that's what seems to be top of mind for a lot of people. What do we know about the Delta variant and what should we be doing about it? I can talk as much as uh, I've learned about the Delta variant. I just want people to understand, and you introduced me. I'm a family physician. You know, I've been in healthcare, the field since I was a teenager, but I'm not a virologist. I'm not an infectious disease expert. Let me give it a shot. So first of all, where do these variants come from? Well, anytime anything reproduces fast over time, there's more of a chance of mutation. That can, that's true of any organism. That's true of even our own cells. When the cells in our body are reproducing really fast, such as in the example of cancer, they mutate. Now, cancer itself is a mutation to start with, but the more the cancer in you grows, the more it mutates and changes. Now, some of those mutations make for a cell that's more successful at growing than another. It's the same way with this virus. With so much replication, because of so much infection, like take, for instance, in the country of India, where there is no or little availability of vaccine, there is you know, intensive crowding, and it's a high population density, there was a total opportunity for this virus to reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. And what happened? Well, what emerged was a mutated form of the virus that was really successful. There were probably mutated forms of the virus that were less successful. And of course, they die out because they don't, they're not successful at you know, moving from human to human. So the Delta virus emerges out of a you know, high amount of reproduction. And it just so happens that it's even more successful than the Alpha variant, which came out of the United Kingdom, and then the original of Wuhan virus, which we know came out of China. We're going to wrap up this episode now. If anyone has any questions about the COVID-19 vaccine or any other COVID-related questions, Matt, where would you direct them? Well, I think that the Rhode Island Department of Health website is a wealth of information, and there's good statistics there that are regularly reported that's showing, you know, what our annual or daily testing positive rate is. It shows our vaccination rate. I think that's good information. Links to a lot of helpful information from the Center for Disease Control I would make sure that I'm going to those reliable sources or public health sources or Center for Disease Control sources. And uh, if you read something or hear something, check back there because it's probably your best bet in terms of reliable information. Great. Thank you, Matt. I will link to those resources in our episode notes, but I'd also invite anyone looking for more information to visit Blue Cross's Keeping You Well and Well-Informed site. It's bcbsri.com slash keepinformed. There's a helpful guide there for finding resources, frequently asked questions, links to local care providers and community organizations, and more. 
I thank you, Dr. Matt Collins, for joining us today and sharing your insight with us yet again. And thanks as always to our sound engineer, Mark Sheldon, for your time and your talents. Everyone, please stay healthy and safe, and we'll see you next time.